Welcome to Today on Broadway for Friday, January 14th, 2022. I'm Broadway Radio's Matt Tamanini. And I'm arts and culture writer Ashley Steves. Ashley, we are at the end of the second week of January. Oof, it feels oh like we are at the end of August. But nonetheless, <sighs> yep. we have made it through two weeks, and I think that we should be celebrated for that. Uh, we should be celebrated. We should be celebrating uh, my round, I guess. Yeah, I mean... I'll be in New York in, let's see, one, two, two and a half weeks. Two and a so, half weeks, uh, yeah. You, my, my first round of water is on you. <laughs> good, good. And my first yeah. minute, and then because it's my birthday. Yeah, that's is fair. It's on you. Yeah. Uh, yeah, very good. <laughs> it's a fair trade. Uh, it's a very fair trade. It is. It is. Um, but if you want to help me pay for Ashley's Manhattan, head over to yeah. patreon.com slash broadwayradio, broadwayradio.com slash patreon. Of course, we have all sorts of goodies there. You can get all of our episodes first before they hit our regular feed. If you go to Patreon and become a subscriber, it would mean the world to us. All right, Ashley, I'm going to try not to get my hopes up too high for this first bit of news because fool me once, shame on me, shame on you, fool me, you can't fool me again. Exactly. Uh, (laughs) The words of the most eloquent man ever. Yeah, I mean, well... I mean, not the not the least eloquent not president we've ever had. Yeah. But anyway, um, but but on Thursday it was announced that Big Dreamer Productions has teamed with Blue Heron Films to create the Immersive Arts Fund, which is a one hundred and fifty million dollar fund that will quote result in the creation of spectacular immersive theatrical productions for Broadway. The plan, the fund plans to produce at least two productions every season. And that's all well and good. I want great, you know, immersive productions, whatever. But the big news here is that apparently the fund will also construct a quote, brand new high capacity Broadway venue in the heart of the New York City Theater District. This 42nd proposed Broadway house would be called the Immersive Arts Complex and would, be, and would be a completely flexible venue, meaning that both the stage and the seating areas would be entirely customizable based on the specific needs of the individual productions. Think of places like San Ann's Warehouse or yep. Park City uh, or Park Street uh, Armory. Just much bigger. Uh, yeah, much, much bigger there. But this is the type of thing that we see... Uh, a lot uh, off-Broadway and around the country, and this mm-hmm. allows um, companies and ar- artists and directors and set designers to do things that are not bound by proscenium stages. And actually, you know that this is something that I've been advocating for on Broadway for of years. Course. And just the fact that somebody who appears to have a bit of money behind it is actively <laughs> talking about it is pretty awesome. Again, not holding my breath, but I'm absolutely thrilled by the possibilities that this could lead to. Definitely. Yeah, pretty shocking news, honestly. Any kind of optimistic news at this point is kind of shocking to me. But something like this, I think they said it would be like up to 2,000 seats as well, which would be the biggest venue on Broadway. Uh, I believe, right? Yeah, by maybe like 200, 300 seats. So very cool. I, I know they have their application up as far as those kind of productions. Um, they really emphasize like marginalized writers as well, which is mm-hmm. 
always very exciting to me because that was honestly my first worry is I saw the news and I was like a 2000 <laughs> seat theater on Broadway. I can't wait to see what, you know, Andrew Lloyd Webber mega musical <laughs> is going to end up in there. And then I saw like the emphasis on like, no, we really want to produce marginalized writers and this is going to be a flexible space and all these other things. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, what is yeah. that feeling deep yeah. in my bones? The Immersive Arts co-founder Dalton M. Dale said in the press release, quote, Through our partnership in this development fund, we are committed to championing a new slate of creatives who have been traditionally underrepresented in the commercial theater. Mm -hmm. I want to work with new talent, new voices, and open the world to new creatives who have never had the opportunity to create on Broadway before. If you are BIPOC, trans, LGBTQ+, disabled, neurodivergent, repressed, marginalized, or underrepresented in any way, we, period, want, period, you, period. So... <laughs> Again, not holding my breath. Yeah. <laughs> but I really like everything about this announcement. Yeah, I don't have my, you know, n- not holding my hopes up, but I do have hope for this, which again is a very rare occurrence. Uh so I'm excited to see what happens with it and hopefully everything they say. Yeah, I'm interested where this would be because it says in the heart of the yeah. theater district. That doesn't mean necessarily like in the heart of Times Square. Right. Um, although last time I was there, there was plenty yeah. of retail space. I was going to say, was we open. got that big old parking lot on what, 45th and 46th that they could put something in if next they really the, wanted to. You talking about next to the Imperial? Yeah. Yeah, I think I feel like the Schubert's just sold that, didn't they? So maybe they sold remember. it to these folks. That's I don't think possible. they said. So who knows? Um, it would be very interesting, even if it's over in Hell's Kitchen somewhere um, mm-hmm. or in the Garment District or somewhere around there. Like, that's perfectly fine. I mean, we've got, you know, Broadway theater is technically all the way in Lincoln Center. So mm-hmm. um, if it's not like immediately right off Times Square, that's totally fine with me. But as long uh, as I'm I can take a train. Yeah, That's well, not the seven train. Okay. I'll take your word for it. Um, <laughs> but I think this is amazing. And, and I think that this opens up the, the opportunity to do so many different types of shows, um, size and scale that can be so completely different. And I, I equate this to what the NCAA does with their final four, the men's and women's basketball tournaments, especially the men's are often played in these huge arenas that are actually football stadiums. A lot of times they play in like the, um, uh, you know, the, uh, at Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis or um, the Alamo Dome they used to play in in San Antonio. And these are football stadiums, but they reconstruct basketball courts on there. And what they do is, is they just put up big curtains around the seating area to kind of block everything out. And I think mm. that's you can do that when you said like they're up to 2000 seats. Obviously, not every show is going to, you know, have the exact same seating configuration. So sure. some shows might be 1300 seats and you can block off areas that they're not using like this. So I'm very interested to see how this works uh, and if it actually happens and where it's going to go. But I'm I'm encouraged by the $150 million number behind it's it. It's a good number. It's a very good number. So many possibilities. Yeah. Speaking of lots of money and good possibilities, let's talk about our sponsor for this week, Upstart. Obviously, none of us that are listening to this, I don't think, have the type of money to build our own Broadway theater. But And if, if you, you do, what are you doing? Yeah. Call me. I'll help. <laughs> um, 
But if you find yourself in a situation where you're starting the new year and you need to dig yourself out of a little bit of financial hardship, Upstart is here to help. Whether that is getting rid of high interest loans, consolidating credit card debt, or if you just need a little bit extra wiggle room for personal ex- uh, expenses, Upstart is here to give you that leg up. Yeah, most importantly, at least in my opinion, rather than just looking at your credit score, Upstart considers other factors like your income, for instance, your current employment, your credit history. They find you a smarter rate for your loan, and you can check that rate without impacting your credit score in minutes for loans between $1,000 to $50,000. Not quite that $150 you know, trillion dollar number, <laughs> um, but you can receive funds as fast as one business day after accepting your loan. Much faster than you'll be able to build a Broadway it's theater. It's true. <laughs> Find out how Upstart can lower your monthly payments today when you go to upstart.com slash Broadway. That's upstart, U-P-S-T-A-R-T dot com slash Broadway. Don't forget to use our URL to let them know we sent you. Loan amounts will be determined based on your credit and concern and the information provided in your loan application. Once more, go to upstart.com slash Broadway. All right, Ashley, let's get into some show and casting news here. We had a, a little bit of information pop up on Thursday. First, uh, the upcoming Broadway production of Birthday Candles, which will be presented by the Roundabout Theater Company, announced its complete casting and returning to the roles that were previously announced for the show's initial debut all the way back in 2020 will, of course, be Deborah Messing, uh, as well as one of my absolute favorites from Veronica Mars, Just Shoot Me, and now the fantastic Station Eleven uh, on, Ooh, on HBO Max. So good. Enrico Colantoni, Crystal Finn, Susanna, uh, Susanna Flood, and Christopher Livingston, they will be back. However, John Earl Jelks, who has been seen on Broadway in Sweat, as well as many other productions, and mm-hmm. is a Tony nominee for Radio Golf, will be replacing the previously announced Andre Brower, who... I'm not surprised that he has scheduling conflicts because he's amazing and probably doing lots of television work, but still disappointing. Speaking of somebody who is very busy, um, we are having a major casting change for Disney fans over at Aladdin as Jonathan Price will play... Not Jonathan Price. Oh, my God. Can you imagine? (laughs) Yeah. Jonathan Freeman will be playing his final performance as Jafar in Aladdin on Sunday, January 23rd. His current uh, standby and fellow original company member, Dennis Stowe, will take over the role on Tuesday, January 25th. Of course, we all know Jonathan Freeman as the uh, Tony nominee from the uh, as the head waiter in the mid-90s production of She Loves Me. But Obviously. The rest of the world knows him. As literally Jafar. He is, he is played, <laughs> he was Jafar in the original movie of Aladdin back in 1992, mm-hmm. the return of Jafar in 1994, all of the TV shows and direct to video stuff that Disney yeah. puts out, the other TV specials. He is any video game appearance everything. from like Kingdom Hearts to actual Aladdin games. Yeah. Everything. He is. Jafar. And the fact that he originated the role on Broadway uh, and has been with it the whole time is super uh, impressive. The fact that he's a white dude playing a, you know, a a Middle Easter. Yeah, eh, whatever. Uh, But obviously, very impressive run for him. And as we were talking about before we started recording, 
I have a feeling that his career as Jafar is not done. Uh, I imagine he will pop up on Disney Channel stuff for the rest of his life. Uh, Yeah, definitely. And like I said before we started recording, like it's bananas to me that he's literally had to do nothing else since like the mid 90s. He could just play Jafar forever and has played Jafar forever. And he's got that Disney money now. Yeah, I mean, he's done other things, done a lot of voice yeah. work, was on yeah. the was on the Lilo and Stitch series. He's yeah. done, of he's course. He's exceptional, but yeah, he's he, Jafar. He's, he's amazing, <laughs> but he's Jafar. Um, moving on, um, we got news of something that we kind of all knew was going to happen. Mm-hmm. But the recently streamed and broadcast uh, production of Anything Goes, coming from the West End, starring Sutton Foster, that played in the UK, will be making its trip over to the US for two days only. This March, on March 27th and the 30th, you can get information on where those will be in your area at anythinggoesmusicalcinema.com. Long URL. One more time, anything goes musicalcinema.com or you can check out the show notes at broadwayradio.com of course Sutton Foster originally played that role in the roundabout uh, theater company revival about a decade ago and yeah, uh, and she reprised the role in the UK after after the previously announced Megan Mullally uh, mm-hmm. had to withdraw due to a reported uh, injury so speaking of of people joining things, uh, this is absolutely one of the most delightful pieces of news that I've gotten in a long time because <laughs> as the second season of one of my favorite shows ever, Only Murders in the Building, is currently in production and filming, they've announced a few people with Broadway connections and deep roots, um, well, one deeper than others, to be joining <laughs> season two. That is the legendary stage and screen Oscar-winning star Shirley MacLaine and the Emmy-winning and Tony-nominated star of sketch comedy, musicals, and Steve Martin-written Broadway plays, Amy Schumer. I forgot she was on stage, to be quite honest with you. Tony nominee in a show that one of the stars of Only Murders in the Building wrote. So you you see the connection there. Um, Mm -hmm. Of course, they will be joining a cast that already features Nathan Lane and Jackie Hoffman. Apparently, Jackie Hoffman actually tweeted about um, it being super cold during filming. So we know that she will be back. Nathan Lane's character, spoiler alert. Okay, I gave you time to move. Uh, if you don't want to hear the spoiler alert, he was arrested <laughs> in season one. So who knows if he comes back in season two. But the Playbill article says he'll be back. He so that's be. awesome. Tina Fey will be back uh, in it as well. And of course, the Tony winning Martin Short and the great uh, Steve Martin will be reprising their roles, as will Selena Gomez, um, and as well as a number of other people. Uh, Jane Howdy Shell um, yeah. will probably play a big part in this season because of things that happened in season one. Yeah. Man- Mandy Gonzalez played Selena Gomez's mother. Ali Stroker um, was in there as well, oh, yeah, as, yeah. as well as a bunch of other folks. Um, uh, yeah, so just an absolutely just uh, up. amazing, amazing show that I'm very glad that we're getting more Broadway people connected with. I- I know, just loaded up with Broadway people at this point, more so than it already is. I love that show. Yeah, I it, wish someone told me, uh, I guess, spoiler alert again, that Nathan Lane was at least one of the baddies in the first season, because it took me forever to watch the show. Like, it was out for months before I started watching it, and then I watched it in two days. 
So right, because it's amazing. Oh, so good, so yeah. good. One other Broadway person that I didn't mention is uh, Divine Joy Randolph, who's yeah. in it. She she plays the kind of the police detective that oversees one of the cases. But she so was good. she play got a Tony nomination for playing Oda Mae Brown in Ghost the Musical. So yeah. uh, she's fantastic. True, true. All right, moving on. I well, first off, first recommendation: if you haven't watched it already, and if you put it off like Ashley didn't, you haven't got to it. Hulu. True. Only Murders in the Building. It's amazing. <laughs> Get on um, it. But the other recommendations that we have is, first off, yesterday, um, because previews are beginning uh, at Lincoln Center for the new opera version of Lynn Nottage's Intimate Apparel, they put out some highlights that everybody should go over and watch. Obviously, the, the libretto is by Lynn Nottage. Ricky Ian yeah. Go- Gordon wrote the music, and Bartlett Shear directs the show, um, or the, the opera, begins performances on Thursday night and it's currently set to open on the 31st so lynn tweeted this on thursday and i honestly needed a reminder about it because i I didn't necessarily forget about intimate apparel but everything else is happening all the time she thinks lincoln center forgot about it yeah you know (laughs) um but she's got currently this week before clyde's closes a play a musical and an opera simultaneously all running in new york it's amazing like what an incredible career yeah she's so good Uh, All right. One more thing I want to recommend is over at Playbill, they put together a list of eight theater books that will be coming out this winter that they recommend people read. And I'm going to run through them real quick. Um, The first one is The Ballerina Mindset, um, written by New York City uh, ballet principal dancer and Broadway alum Megan Fairchild. Booze over Broadway, 50 Cocktails for Theater Lovers by Michael Groff. Yeah, that's always fun. Um, a, a graphic novel adaptation of the Broadway musical The Phantom of the Opera is available now from Titan Comics. Then a new biography of Lorraine Hansberry by Charles J. Shields called Lorraine Hansberry, The Life Behind a Raisin in the Sun. Then if you survived seventh grade, you can be an actor, colon, applying the Meisner technique to get out to get out of your head in acting and in life. Um, I was better last night by Harvey Firestein, which I guess yes. could apply to theater or many, many other things. Mm-hmm. Um, fearlessly different an autistic actor's journey to Broadway's biggest stage by Mickey Rowe. And finally, Jagged Little Pill colon the novel uh, by Eric Smith with Alanis Morissette, Diablo Cody and Glenn Ballard. Mm, um, right. So there's another one and I'm a little. I was just about to say, yeah. yeah it's the person that I'm jumping off of this call. Co- Call yes. to go do a Sondheim intensive session with, um, but Mar- Hall's, yeah, yeah, with Margaret Hall's book Jim and Yanni that comes out in March. Um, Very excited. Really, really, everyone needs to go read that one uh, as Cough. well. So you don't need to tell me twice. I know that I in know. the Harvey book, obviously. Obviously, it. what is your favorite theater book you've ever read? Oh, I mean, I really love uh, Seacrest's, uh, I guess, biography mm-hmm. of Sondheim. Of course. That's probably Not top Ryan for Seacrest. me. No, 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 no. Um, and then, oh, God, I can't remember the author. Um, but the Fiddler biography, too, Tradition. Mm. I can't remember who wrote it off the I top don't either. of my head. It's very good, though. I mean, I've got so many, and it's also, like, separate categories, too, because it's, like, the, the people who made theater versus biographies about it. So, obviously, Sondheim's collection is my Bible. Um, yeah. 
Oh, and the Follies, Everything Was Possible book, too, obviously. Oh, yeah, that was great. I'll go a different oh, direction. Man. I'll go a different direction. And this is a book by, a, I think this author is a little, I think he's had some issues in his life and he's not exactly as well respected as he once mm. was. But the the, uh, the book by Philip Roth called The Humbling, which um, which is about like an, an an older actor. It's not the best uh, like story in terms of, of representation of women, which I think is part of the, the issue um, with mm. Philip Roth now. Yeah. But um, I thought it was wonderful. Uh, it was a, it was a wonderful book. I really loved it. They made a movie out of it with Al Pacino and Greta Gerwig and Kira Sedgwick, um, and Nina Arianda, mm-hmm. Billy Porter, Mary Louise Wilson, like Damn, all right. ton, tons of Broadway people in the in the film. But it's about um, an actor who is struggling with dementia and has an incident during mm. a Broadway play, and um, you know, kind of has to put his life together and has yeah. you know that gets complicated even more complicated from there mm, but damn. Uh, yeah i really enjoyed that novel barbara eisenberg is the author that i was thinking oh, of for tradition colon the highly improbable ultimately triumphant broadway to hollywood story of fiddler on the roof the world's most beloved musical which is quite the title but an exceptionally good book wonderful all right, everybody, that's all that we have for today. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Broadway Radio. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Matt Ashley, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at no, this is Ashley. Awesome. On Saturday, the latest episode of Jan Simpson's All the Drama will drop in the regular feed. And I will have a very special interview with uh, the one and only Frank DeLella talking about a new special that will be airing on PBS on Tuesday, chronicling the reopening of Broadway following the pandemic pandemic-related shutdown. So stay uh, tuned to Everything Broadway Radio over the weekend, and of course, we will have this week's This Week on Broadway coming to you on Sunday. Have a wonderful weekend, everybody, and we'll be back to talk to you on Monday. Monday.